Welcome back to Bringing Down the House, a podcast of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity. I'm Allie Parrish, Executive Director of Iowa Heartland Habitat, and today on our series finale of Bringing Down the House, Jacqueline and I will be listening to an inspiring story of hope by Habitat for Humanity International CEO, Jonathan Reckford. Also, on this final episode of our podcast, we will be reflecting on the past three seasons and all the fun we've had. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for tuning in, and please consider getting involved with our local mission by volunteering your time or making a financial or materials donation. More information can be found on our website at webuildhabitat.org or by following Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bringing Down the House. I am Jacqueline Madison, alongside uh, my wonderful, beautiful, talented co-host, the Executive Director of Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity, Miss Allie Parrish. <laughs> What's up? How are you doing? I'm kind of sad today and happy. Well, but... I know. And the reason why she's sad is because of who's joining us in the studio. Well, yes. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, and please welcome the wonderful, talented, the strong, handsome construction director, <laughs> Mr. Andy Gangda. Woo! Okay, so now right. he has to do that for you. Oh. Go ahead. Yep. I'm a construction director. I'm not a podcast. You got to do it. No, you got to do it. Allie's done it. What'd you got? What do I have? I got nothing. Uh, Go. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to take no, it. No, just here. take it. Just please just take it. Hello, everybody. Hello. And I would like to introduce my awesome, handsome, incredible, funny, the most talented in the keep world. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep it going. My amazing co-host, Jacqueline Madison. Woo! Woo! See, and it was not that was that was great. I just want to go on the record saying it's not because I don't believe all that to be true. No, oh. I just don't perform. Welcome to this podcast, then. Welcome. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. You're oh my gosh! Yes. No, tr- truly, it is a joy. I'm I'm thrilled. Good. Well, yeah. you know, ladies and gentlemen, that the, that first three minutes is probably the reason why this is our last podcast. Yeah, this is gonna be it. Oh man! But no, it is a little sad because this is it. Yeah. This I, is the yeah. final one. Yes. Oh, man, what a ride this has been. It's been so much fun. It's been a great thing to do during a time in our, our lives and in our country. That's been a challenge mm-hmm. for so many folks. Mm-hmm. And it's been a bright light in it my has. life, for sure. It has been a very big, bright light. So, mm-hmm. And you know, and we brought back Andy because Andy has probably <laughs> been our number one fan yeah. throughout all of this, with the exception of Allie's mom. Yeah, uh, which <laughs> which which I mean I think that's debatable. So I'm open oh. to that debate if need be. Like I legitimately wake up every Tuesday morning hoping it's podcast morning. Yeah, he gets pretty and I, pretty I, excited. I get it saddens my day when it's the off Tuesday and it's oh, not podcast. Like, when it's the other Tuesday <laughs> and not the right when it's not podcast Tuesday, it's a, a quiet ride to work. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. Yeah, Andy has has really enjoyed this process, so I'm glad he has. <laughs> I, I I can tell you now, I enjoy listening more than I do being a part of it. Apparently, because yeah. this is actually punishment for him. I know. For being Fair. our biggest fan. Fair. This is what happens. This is what happens. Yes. So you are welcome, my friend. You are Thank welcome. You. We saw a wonderful story from the CEO 
of Habitat International, which, what a way to end it. I know. We were very happy that he was willing to help out, and he has wonderful perspective and always has great great stories to share, so I'm excited to to share that today later on. Yeah, that's going to be wonderful. But before we uh, jump into listening to the CEO, let's uh, take a little moment for a mission moment, shall we? So I actually have a little bit of a mission moment. Uh, And, you know, my mission moment, I I think we can just say this now, you know, I am leaving uh, the, not only, you know, my my affiliations with Habitat, but I'm leaving the area. I'm moving to a completely different state. And I would have to just, if I could selfish, be selfish here, I think my mission moment would just be my experience with Habitat. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what it has been these wonderful few years. I, I, I remember um, when I got asked to be on the board, and I was like, why the heck do they want me? I, <laughs> I am a child. I know nothing about housing. Like, this sounds like a horrible idea, but okay, I'll do it. And the eye-opening experiences that I had, um, how my whole mindset was just changed about so many things, including Habitat. And I, I remember we sat... Uh, we got coffee one morning, and it was like, I think after like my first year being on the board, and you're like, you know, how do you feel, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, my whole perspective of Habitat has changed. You know, I was one of those people that was just like, oh, they just give free houses to people, it's whatever, it's no big deal. But when I looked at the process and the mission and just everything that goes into it, I mean, it just... It literally has humbled me, and I am so thankful and blessed uh, that I've been able to play just a little small part uh, in in what this organization is. And I thank Allie for that opportunity, uh, as well as all the rest of the staff and the volunteers, because I have thoroughly enjoyed my time. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. So that's my mission moment. Awesome. That's, uh, you know, it's like... uh hard for me to imagine that that this is kind of the end for for us with you and I don't think it will be but I've been thoroughly enjoyed every minute that you've been involved I think that you bring a really unique perspective because you are you have youth on your side but that you've been in this community your whole life that you care that you care you it's very quick to to recognize how much you care about people care about kiddos um you want to see people thrive in our community and it's been great that you've been so willing to jump in you say yes to things very quickly and have just been an incredible addition to to the work that we're doing locally so it's been an absolute blast and for me especially so i'm gonna really really miss you Oh well, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Anything you want to say? <laughs> I, I usually I just you know maybe get maybe get a couple compliments. I don't know. Let's just see. Uh, well, fair enough. I default <laughs> to uh, sarcastic remarks, but I when I don't want to go that route because it's so sincere in here <laughs> at the moment. But no, I guess I would I would caution you to say you played a small role. Um, I truly think the energy you bring to the board and everything you do with Habitat amplifies everything. I guess I would say so. Truly, kind of that energy and excitement is very contagious so even in, i don't know if you view your role as small but your small role again amplifies and kind of has a better impact across the entire table i mean i've sat in on a handful of board meetings i can tell you it's that energy just builds excitement and it, it really is contagious so yeah obviously we'll, you, we'll miss you in the area but truly i'm grateful for yeah. what you brought 
Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you jumped into the governance committee like the first thing that you did. And, I know. I mean, and you you added so much value. Well, like, that's a, that's just the nerd you're willing in me. to try different things, and yeah. you're willing to jump in and say yes. Yeah. And from governance to finance to emceeing to the podcast, and you know, so many fun and awesome and really integral ways you've you've added so much value. Thank you. Well, and God bless Natalie Burris, uh, who is the actual <laughs> lawyer on the board, and yeah. I'm sitting there like, ooh, what is this? Mean? Oh, what does this mean? <laughs> so I, I appreciate her and uh, the patience that she had in letting me pick her brain when it came to the legal process. Oh of yeah. Things. So, yeah. well, uh, let's let's keep this thing moving here. We don't need to. We don't need to. You know, get all emotional and teary. Mm-hmm. You know, Andy's over here sobbing like a baby in the corner. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> uh, but no, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we have a we have a wonderful way to end this by listening to a wonderful story of hope from the CEO of Habitat International, uh, Mr. Jonathan. So uh, let's take a moment to uh, listen to that and uh, we'll, we'll chat about it. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted you're taking time to focus on hope in these podcasts. After Hurricane Harvey devastated the Houston area in 2017, former President Jimmy Carter penned an op-ed about the ways people come together to help one another following disasters. He wrote, when the water rises, so do our better angels. I've seen it again and again. We all have. Pick a past disaster and I'll tell you at least a dozen stories that stand as living testaments to our collective compassion, generosity, and unity. In the months that followed the publication of that piece, I kept thinking about President Carter's words. The public discourse that filled the election season was dispiriting. Then, as now, many of us longed to hear something positive. We needed to have hope. The good news is that at Habitat, we don't have to look very far for stories that move us, even when the world seems bleak. We've all seen amazing things happen when people work together toward a common goal. And we felt that down in my heart joy that comes from helping others. So I began working on a collection of stories that nurtured my spirit, made me smile, and filled me with hope. The result was a book called Our Better Angels, Seven Simple Virtues That Will Change Your Life and the World. Little did I know that we would soon be facing a global pandemic that the housing crisis would be worse than ever before, and that the rhetoric in many instances had become more disturbing and destructive. So now, more than ever, we need hope. We need to be reminded of the power of good in the world. Today, I'm gonna share with you two stories from the book, stories that demonstrate the best in people instead of the worst. Sit back. Relax for a few moments and allow yourself to smile as you consider the better angels in your life. Jetta could be forgiven for not being kind. She'd been born paralyzed on the left side of her body, and every day was a struggle. Without running water in their houses, residents of the village of Mitzis in Romania waited in line at the communal water fountain to collect water and then carry it home for drinking, bathing, and cooking. 
drafty old houses with rotting, leaky roofs, and no reliable source of heat made people sick, tired, cold, and dejected. Jetta's boys were rays of sunshine in her gray world. She was thankful they were healthy and attending school, but she couldn't help thinking about how much more they might be able to learn if they had a warm place to study. On one very cold morning, she bundled herself up as she prepared for the long walk to the village center to buy sawdust. One cartful would be enough to provide heat for the next two days. As she set off along the road, there was no way to avoid all the potholes. She knew each one by heart. She dreaded this ritual of pulling the cart down the road past other homes, limping as she went. She didn't wave to her neighbors. She kept her head down, willing the lonely trek to be over and done with. Back home, Jetta hauled inside heavy sacks of sawdust that the family burned for fuel. The house had two rooms, but the family could only afford to heat one. So they cooked, ate, did homework, and slept all in the same place. The bathroom was a shack in the backyard. After lighting the sawdust in a barrel, Jetta carried a bucket to the well her husband, Yuan, had dug outside. Chickens scratched the dirt around her as she collected water and headed to the crumbling outbuilding to take a bath. As she stripped off her layers of clothes, she shivered as her bare skin made contact with the cold air. She let herself daydream of a bathroom with a toilet and a bathtub and lamented that she had gotten used to living in anger. Determined that she would make life better for her boys, one day, Jetta walked the two and a half miles to the offices of Habitat for Humanity in Bayus to seek help. She'd heard that Habitat helped people fix their homes or build new ones. Several months later, everything changed. Soon, volunteers descended on the village to help the family build a new home. Every day and night in their old home was more bearable as they watched the daily progress on their new house. Curious neighbors watched as the walls went up. Little did they know, Jetta had plans for them too. Immediately after moving into her home, Jetta invited local children into the house so they could do their homework in a warm place. She babysat others so their mothers could work. And she invited neighbors to come use her miraculous new washing machine. Anger at life began to melt away. And she and Iwan decided to donate the land around their home so Habitat could build more houses. For those around her who had also forgotten what hope was, Jetta was kind enough to share its spark and warm the whole village. Winners in Mitzis never be the same. The other story I want to tell you illustrates so clearly the impact having a decent home can have on a person's life. Boris was one of five children. His mother was 13 years old when she'd had her first child. Their house was at the end of a bumpy dirt road, a small sparse structure precariously balanced on brick piers. In the summer, they spent as much time outside as they could. And in the winter, they shared a bed to stay warm. Nothing good's ever going to come out of that house, people whispered behind his mother's back. As if those whispers were a self-fulfilling prophecy, 
Boris failed the first grade and began acting out. When he was eight years old, his family moved to a community in Charlotte, North Carolina, known as The Hole. There were 21 murders in the area in five years. Worse than fear of gunshots and the challenges of poverty was the lack of hope until his family was approved to purchase a habitat home in a neighborhood called Optimus Park. Scripture tells us there is power in a name. The look on his mother's face when she told the family that she'd been approved to purchase a habitat house became a treasured memory. He'd never seen that joyful look on her face before. The Optimus Park area had begun to be revitalized in 1987 when the Carter Work Project came to town and volunteers built 14 homes. Thanks to that initial push, Habitat was able to build more homes in the neighborhood. Boris would always consider President and Mrs. Carter two of his first guardian angels. Walking into his family's new home when he was 11 opened many new doors in Boris's life. Thanks to a stable home and support of the community, Kids from neighborhoods like the whole finally got a taste of what optimism really meant. For the first time in their lives, Boris and his neighbors were surrounded by people who cared about them. The kids played sports together at the nearby Y, and a local church sponsored an after-school program where they worked on their homework together. A retired banking executive named Ed became both a powerful mentor and a father figure in Boris's life and a community outreach coordinator with a no-excuse policy became another guardian angel. She not only showed him what was possible, but also nurtured the knowledge, skills, and relationships to help him succeed. I love the fact that an astonishing number of kids from Optimus Park went to college and joined the military. The neighborhood nurtured dozens of kids who grew into adults whom others admired. Boris spent years as a high-level banking executive and consultant. He then became an executive at a Charlotte nonprofit, developing affordable housing and working to improve economic development. He had watched and learned from his mentors. and He tries his best to honor them by giving of himself in return. One of his greatest pleasures is being able to open doors and help kids like he had been helped. He coaches YMCA basketball and flag football. He and his best friend from Optimus Park quietly help fund a college scholarship for a young person who grew up in a Habitat home, just like they did. And he is now a member of the board of directors of Habitat for Humanity International. I often think about the many other Borises out there, both the transformed lives and those who still need the opportunity to succeed. They are the reasons we build. God bless you as you continue bringing positive messages of hope through this podcast. I pray that very soon you will be telling new stories of changed lives and transformed communities in the heartland. And that was the CEO of Habitat International, Mr. Jonathan Reckford. We greatly appreciate him for sharing that. Yeah, that was really awesome and appreciate the time that he spent to record that for us. Yeah. Alec, before we kind of talk about what he spoke about, explain uh, what Habitat International is. I know we've talked about it throughout our time here, but just so people can get a quick refresher. Yeah, so Habitat International is really considered the parent organization for Habitat 
Habitat for Humanity on a, on a global level. And they have specific things that they do in Atlanta. That's where the headquarters of Habitat International is. But they're really responsible for the global building effort and ensuring all of the, the U.S. affiliates and the national organizations that do Habitat work around the world are following a set of standards and guidelines and they manage our brand. They provide tons of you know technical assistance and training. They really are the overarching entity for all habitat work you know around the around the world. Wow, so yeah. it's a pretty big deal. Then yeah, you, oh, it's huge when you yeah. get a CEO. Oh yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, so. and he's such a great guy. I've enjoyed every interaction I've had with him. I would say it does make you feel like you're a part of that. Yes, he's the CEO of Habitat International, but he's accessible to to affiliates. He wants to be a partner. I've had just wonderful interactions with him, so it's been great. That's good. That's yeah, good. Let, let's dive into these stories of hope. Andy, how are you? Good. It's exciting to hear, and it it truly makes me nothing but just extremely proud to be a part of such an organization. Obviously, thankful that you took the time to record that, but but I love the fact that those are two of thousands upon thousands of stories that are very similar. So I love that. The hope that we get to see here and get to play a small role in is just that. It's a small role in kind of the bigger impact of the hope that Habitat builds internationally. So truly, it's very humbling, but also makes me extremely proud that I just get to do what I get to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the two of you, you know, I, I think it'd be, be a, it's one of those things where, I, wow, we have a really cool job. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and for me, it's like, wow, I get to be real, a part of a really cool organization. You know, it just, it, it, it's outstanding. And, you know, one thing that I think I really appreciated in this story, but I think has been kind of a common thread throughout all of our stories is these people um, were so close to losing hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they had so much stamina comes to my head, but I don't yeah. want to say stamina. They're, you know, they're, yeah. you know, yeah, maybe stamina. But there was another word I'm thinking of. But just to 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 hold out, mm-hmm. to hold out for hope. Right. They could have easily have given up, and and just when they thought it was done and over with. I mean, in the, in the stories that uh, Mr. Reckford shared, and again, all the ones we've covered, they 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 found mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that they just. Did. That just speaks volumes to me. It truly does. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that stands out to me and a word that I kind of was kept coming back to is just ripple, Mm. the ripple effect. And I think both stories also represented that and how hope ripples and then it grows and then it continues to bless through through that ripple so on the first story you know talking about how when that family got on their feet then you know that that woman then reached out to the community to share their their space share their property share share their land so that other families could have outstanding the benefit of what they had and then just the ripple effect of Boris in the second story and how once he was able to get on his feet and now he was a part of this and then how he then went on to college but then went on to coach and and help others in their lives and then also went on to serve in the community and you know it just it just continues and it continues and it continues through one life you know one family or what have you and i we we talk about that a lot but i really think that these stories spoke to that mm-hmm. and i think that the stories that we've had in general with our hope series here have really spoken to that that ripple effect i agree yeah and it's kind of I, I wrote down or i was thinking about the word that came to mind was multiplication of hope mm-hmm. like truly that, that that investment of hope in one person produced hope in countless people yeah it's 
phenomenal. And, yeah, because, you know, honestly, we get a little bit criticized at times or have in the past by certain, you know, funders or, you know, folks that might have an opportunity to invest. Well, how many families do you serve each year? We always want to hit that big number. And yet we don't have a big number right. like that. But when you see that a generational impact, but then you also see that community impact you see what it what one life can do when hope is restored or when hope is built or what have you in their ripple and what they bring to their neighborhood to their community to their family i mean you can't quantify it all the time like no. that but no. that's why the, these stories are so important yeah no they really are uh you know andy i, I want to ask you a question there was a, a point and correct me if i'm wrong but oh, you <laughs> <laughs> you had a key role if i'm correct and some of the like home repairs and revitalization and and within the neighborhoods and things like that it'd be interesting um to ask you if there was ever a time where something that you did when it came to fixing up someone's home or you know just doing something that they needed did that ever give them some new sense of hope <laughs> How much time do you have? I mean, you know, it's the last <laughs> not, podcast. So I don't not care. Not that long. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I do have I, to pack. So yeah, yeah, as long as as long as I have time to pack and move, then we're good. I'll, I'll help you pack and move if that's what it takes. But, there we go. No, and and it all it goes all the way back to the first project I worked on as the neighborhood services manager. So the first home repair that I was a part of just to be honest like the, the gentleman that we were serving and it, I, I would almost equate him to kind of that gal in Romania like you, there's just a sense of defeatedness almost and, and kind of lack of hope and it was saddening but also it created a space for the joy of kind of watching as the home improved and thankfully it was a decently long project so it gave a good timeline but as the home improved and kind of the shape of if you will kind of his house you could see that hope kind of just get restored and kind of the light come back to the point by the end of it it was the interactions were pleasant. The guy was coming out, socializing with volunteers and having a good time and truly went from, again, that impression of defeated to like loving where he was, loving being part of the community again, just proud of kind of what he held in that piece of land and that home that he had. And that was always kind of stuck with me just because it, mm-hmm. was, it was almost a metaphor that as the, the shape of the home improved, the mentality and the hope in the individual improved. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's always been mind boggling how just a small investment again can really just have a massive impact in a family's life. And I mean, I literally could probably come up with another 15 to 20 if you wanted, but it also happens kind of on the neighborhood scale of people can see something happen to a home and then it can compound and kind of multiply again of kind of restoring hope in, in their area. And again, proud of their neighborhood, or you start to see them engage with their neighbors more often or tell stories of they've met new people based on whatever situation. And I think that the key there is, is that life is going to keep battering you and and hitting you. And I think that, you know, in the last year and a half of even this podcast, like think about all the things that even just the, two of us or mm-hmm. three of you and me Kaylin have faced oh god uh, <laughs> and isn't that what's the interesting thing about hope is that you have to have that glimmer of hope because because life is never going to be just easy for people no, no matter and it's never going to be fixed no. 
and right. solved. If we say that we're being, we're, none of these things that we're doing, none of these stories that we're talking about have fixed it for people. Right. There's going to be other right. hurdles. But if you've learned to expect hope or to see hope or to feel hope, I think that 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 replicates itself much more easily when the next hard thing comes. You know, you have an experience where hope has produced something positive and maybe you can dial into that during the next hardship. You know, I think a lot of it, too. It also speaks volumes, you know, when you. uh, And not to, to preach, but when you kind of let God deal with it. Yeah. Gosh, you can talk to some of my friends. And I had my whole life planned out up until like the age of 30. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this at this time. And then this is going to happen and this is going to happen and this. And then, you know, at the age of 17, it was this whole moment where I was like, oh, none of those things can happen now. And it was something that was completely out of my control. Yeah. And then I was like, that's fine. I'm going to do this. And then next thing you know, this. And then everything that happened in the past year and a half as well. It's yeah. just, it was so hard for me. And I started to lose hope because I thought I was a failure. Mm-hmm. Or I was like, well, this isn't this isn't supposed to happen then. You know, my life apparently isn't supposed to be anything. Right. I'm not supposed to have the dream that I thought. When really it was, gosh, you're saying, no, 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 no. I need you to let me do what I need to do. Right. You know, there there's things that you need to go through so that when you do get to these points, it just makes it that much more sweeter. Yeah. And honestly, when I look at where my life is going now and, and the blessings that I'm getting, you know, being able to start a wonderful career, honestly, I don't think I would have appreciated it as much now mm-hmm. uh, if I did when I thought it should have happened. Right. I had to, I had to go through all that. So then it was like, oh. Okay, now I see why I went through that to get to where I'm at now. Yeah. And I think about both of these people. They went through, to, to, to stand in the middle of the woods and to take a shower and to just dream about having a shower and a toilet. Mm-hmm. I can't relate to that. Right. Well, because home is so foundational too. Correct. Right? To, to everything else. Yes. And if you have truly the safe, decent home to come back to, when you're getting battered by all those things, even the, even the two of us, you know, in this last year or what, a year and a half, how would our have results have been different if we didn't have that stable home to come back to, yeah. um, you know, during during the storms that that are inevitably going to be happening in life? And and sure, found foundational is faith and, and for people and all that kind of thing. But you think about literally that physical space, yeah. that physical place that you can come home and it's yours and it's OK and now I can deal with everything else because this is this is now okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's just sets them up not that they're going to have a perfect life or that everything's going to be better all the time, but that they have a better place to be saved from or, or protected from, it's protected from yeah. from yeah. all of those things. One thing I, um, I I know I have said this before in this podcast, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it until probably the day that I die. If there is only, if you are only going to do one thing mm-hmm. as a part of just figuring out what habitat is, attend a dedication. Oh, yeah. Mm. Attend a yes. dedication because I promise there is nothing on God's green earth that is as just, there. there there's something about the emotion in that room. Yeah. Maybe not even, you know, physically, but just you can feel it. Mm-hmm. When you watch a family get their home. Mm-hmm. And when you realize where they were to where they are now, it is it is by far one of the most humbling experiences I have ever attended. Yeah. I, the oh, not the most recent, but one of them we had re- very recently. It I've never been more proud of the homeowner 
mm-hmm. because I think one of the things she said that really stuck out, like part of her very moving kind of speech was that she fought for this. Mm-hmm. Like I fought hard for this. I worked full time. Mm-hmm. I came whenever I could. I had to find sitters. Like it was that joy of having a safe, decent place to live. Like that joy of like, I have a home now magnified by that. I fought for this. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of this. I, I worked for this. I was speechless sitting at that dedication. Cause it was just, yeah. I was, I didn't have too much knowledge. I, I met her twice, but I've been never been more proud of a homeowner, honestly, just fighting. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's the most amazing thing and, and uh, you can watch them online. You can come mm-hmm. in person, you know, there's lots of different ways to, to, to experience that. But I do agree that, you know, even for board members or staff, I mean, it, it you can't get the full picture without attending. No, you, so. you cannot. You yeah. Cannot. So, <sighs> gotta love hope. Yeah. You gotta mm. love hope. Hope is where it's all at. Hope is where it's all at. Yeah. And you know, and I and I I have hope. I have faith, and I know that even without this podcast, mm-hmm. you know, it, it will live on in the archives as much as the FCC yeah. would not want it to. <laughs> but it will live on in the archives, and people can always come back to this. And I and I do hope that if you know someone just stumbles upon this, they do take time to just listen because what an archive. Oh yeah. Of information. Yeah. And then to end it like this is wonderful. It's very uplifting. Lifting and yeah, it's a great. What do I want to say? Just suite of information, I suppose. Uh, that that really, but if you listen to it, it really tells a really interesting story yes. overall. Yes. Of, of this incredible organization, honestly, that we are very blessed to to be able to work for. Yes, it does. It tells a wonderful story of uh, this organization, and it also tells a wonderful story of the on uh, the amount of times I have kicked Allie's button trivia. Wow. What wow. a segue! All right, just, all right. That was that was epic. Thank you, thank you. I I saw that coming, and I just want to say, like from an outsider, not that impressive, Jacqueline. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Who sorry, I, I made some nice comments earlier. I had to counter it with a little bit of. Who are you? I'm sorry. Can we? Who let him in? I mean, the door's that way. Well, here's the thing. We're gonna have we're gonna have our final trivia. Okay. Uh, we we don't have Nora, but it's okay. Yeah. Because I have the trivia. Um, and he ensures us he does not know the answer, which yeah. I really don't. I really don't. Okay. So here's the thing. I really don't know the answer to this. I I, I promise you. But honestly, I would not be shocked if either of you knew the answer. Okay. No I really hope I do. I want no to end pressure. on a high note. You, the two of you should know the... Can, Andy oh, right, actually right, right, right. might know it more than us. Can we oh. consult before we answer? Like, no. We, no. No, 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 no. We're not changing the rules on the last one. <laughs> we have to like totally okay. embarrass ourselves. Okay. I, I, I need to write it down because I always like to write mine down. I know. I like it to write mine help, down too. But. Can, I, can, I, can I pull a range like you do and just say, no. I don't know, from zero to a thousand? <laughs> Ranges are... Dec- Oh, I'm the only one allowed to do Here's the deal. So, I, so really, I listen because no. I study. I study the techniques. I'm, I'm, I'm armed. I'm ready. Oh he gosh. knows. He knows she all said, the tactics. I know. All the other guests, they come in blind. They have no clue. Oh, no. Like, I'm happy to be here. Andy's like, and, and, and it's like Andy's getting ready to play the Super Bowl. I, He's yeah. been looking at the tapes He's and everything. Watching, yeah. I studied more for this than I did the ACTs. Ah. Well, fair. I respect that. All right. So. Okay. Here we go. I'm ready. This is our final podcast mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. 
how many podcasts have we produced since our inception? I do not know this answer. Oh, I, okay, hold on one second. Let me just write it down. Don't look. I know exactly how many it is. Oh, man. I was introduced as the biggest fan. Now it's going to be a fail. <laughs> All right. Okay. Including this one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have to include this one. I don't know the answer to this. I really truthfully don't. So <laughs> I just wanted to be know how humble, humble, humbling I am to allow Allie to win. Okay. Just so you Thank know. you for oh. that. So Would it take away the victory. <laughs> I know, right? All right, I, then all of you should say your answer first, and then I'll say No, mine. Andy, you go first. I always do what you say. Oh, man. Uh, 31. Okay. I put 35. It's 31. Oh! <laughs> oh! Okay, and I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say why. So we had 15 in the first season. Uh-huh. We had 10 in the second season, but then we added an additional bonus episode, which was our Christmas episode. So which was we had fantastic. actually 11. And then this is five with a, four technically with a bonus episode. Goodbye, Nora. So five. So that is 31. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. I, I. How did you even guess 31? Did you know? Or did you just guess? It was a guess. I knew I knew <laughs> approximately per season. Yeah. And it's a math. And I, mm-hmm. I might need to go to a chiropractor from pat myself on the back too much. Wow. For that one. Wow. We were supposed to do 10 episodes this season, but it just felt like. It was time because everybody was leaving. <laughs> Everyone left. Everyone's Everyone gone. Everyone just left. So Everyone just it's left. It's just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It is fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. This is fine. This is fine. It's not fine. It's the literal reality of the dog with the fire behind him. Everything's blowing up and on fire and the dog is sitting there. This is fine. The dog is me. In this scenario, the dog is always me. Okay. I don't know if I ever said that to you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, but for Christmas. I'm sure you did. uh, We're just going to bring it back up again. But for Christmas, I got Allie the the meme. I'm I'm sure everyone has seen it. Of the dog sitting in his kitchen, like a you know, cartoon dog sitting at his kitchen table with a cup of coffee, and everything around him is on fire in his apartment, and he just says, "This is fine." Yeah. And and that, and that is there are many days when Allie and I would see each other for this podcast or just in other situations, right. and we and we knew we were just life was just not treating us yeah. well, but we would just look at each other and go, "This is fine." Yeah, this is fine. And so that has been the ready the ready joke. So for Christmas, I I printed out that meme and so on her desk it's and it's still there it's, it's just in her office. i love it there's the dog with fire around i'm going this is fine yes because the dog is me yes i literally the, the tuesday that that podcast podcast came out that you talked about that i walked straight into your office you weren't there just to find that picture and i was like yes it does exist <laughs> Right like, I was so excited to find it and see it, and sure enough, it was there. It's there. It is yes. always going to be there. That's wonderful. Every meeting in that office, I'm it's, like, mm, it's, it's right fine. next to this like amazing like prayer by yeah. some famous you know Catholic priest. I love it. And then next to it is a dog. This is fine. Yeah. This is fine. Oh gosh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, this has been more than fine. This has been wonderful. Yeah. Uh, we thank you all so very much for being on this wild, crazy ride with us for this outstanding podcast. And uh, we want to also thank our wonderful special guest, uh, Andy, for joining us for our final episode. 
And I think we just have to give a big shout out again uh, to CC Podcast Mm -hmm. for all of their just wonderful accommodations and letting us use their studio. Uh, And I I have to say it. Um, I we also again would like to thank Nora yeah, for just Nora, thank you. I mean, truthfully, without her, we I know we said it in the last episode, but without her, this literally would not have been a thing. No. <laughs> Which she laughed and it kind of was like, I don't yeah. know if this is still gonna be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we we thank her. I also want to thank my wonderful guest co-host mm-hmm. uh, Allie Parrish it has been an amazing journey with yes, you thank you and I well. oh thank you thank yeah. you thank you it was your honor no I'm just kidding it was mm. it really truly <laughs> has no! been but I no but I told him the other day and I mean it uh it's been my joy it's been my joy in in a, in a year and a half uh of of truly difficult moments and a lot of hardship and and just sad sad times yeah. and difficult times and depressing times and yeah. you have been my joy um, truly. And so thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for giving your time to do this. And, uh, it's been awesome. Of course. Well, thank you listeners. Thank you all. I know uh, people, so, a lot of people are like, yeah, oh, thanks, sweet Andy. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Andy. And Allie's mom. And yeah. Allie's sister. <laughs> Those three people. And my husband. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if I, if I may, I don't know if you're wrapping this bad boy up, but yeah. truly I mean, you were, yeah, there, as, yeah. as you're in the running for first place fan uh <laughs> the joy that you guys bring it is very evident which is i think why many people like myself absolutely love this podcast Yay. so Aww. thank you for just being you yeah well, thank you thanks for listening thank you. well yeah we thank you for listening uh and thank you all for listening so much so for the final time i have the pleasure of saying uh, i am jacqueline madison and she has been ali Parrish. thank you so much for joining us on our final episode of bringing down the house and while you can't find us here uh at the same place you found us we do hope that you do stay in touch uh and follow the wonderful mission that is the iowa heartland habitat for humanity take care everyone